Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest today. We are honored to have a distinguished guest, Darvin Zerflu, a seasoned entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Pinnacle of sorry, Pinnacle Wealth Brokers, a national exempt market dealer spanning from Nova Scotia to British Columbia. Darwin is not only the, at the helm of Pinnacle Wealth Brokers, but also the CEO of Pinnacle Lifestyles, which are which we are learning about today. He is also the founder and the director of Pinnacle 2020 Foundation, giving back to those in need. With over two decades of experience in investments in real estate, Darwin has earned numerous accolades and designations, including the prestigious title of Fellow of the Canadian Securities Institute, the highest honor in the financial services industry. His dedication to financial planning is underscored by his certification as a financial management advisor, a certified financial planner, and a registered financial consultant. Darwin's journey in the financial world began in 1997 in the banking industry, where he dealt with investments, loans, and mutual funds. Over the years, he became the top Canadian senior financial producer for a large financial firm. However, it was his passion for searching for alternative investments that truly set him apart. A pioneer in industry, I'd like to welcome you, Darwin. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so when I was doing my research and I was like, wow, I have to, that was probably the biggest interview I've ever given somebody because I, I, it was so long the research. I had to make sure I hit it on point. <laughs> yes, that was a big bio. <laughs> so you've been in the industry a long time. I guess just start with, I guess, your, your, what does your company do? Is it Pinnacle Lifestyles? Pinnacle Lifestyles is what we're going to talk about today. We're an RV and cabin resort business. And so we, we focus on really the camping sector. It includes glamping and cabins. Focus primarily in British Columbia for some of the fundamentals that we saw from an investment opportunity in the British Columbia region. So it's, it's a business where we buy campgrounds in world-class destinations focused in the Rocky Mountains. So we really like it around the Trans-Canada Highway so it's easy and accessible for those whether you're coming from uh, Calgary or uh, Vancouver. And we have uh, another property that's in the Kootenays, which is, you know, different roads, but in between Calgary and Vancouver as well. You know, lakefront properties and, and mountain properties are some of the most attractive for those that love to spend time in the outdoors. And uh, also from an investment standpoint, uh, you know, being on a waterfront and, and being in the Rocky Mountains uh, seem to uh, do well a year over year if you look back uh, over the last few decades. So that's where our, our focus is and, and we're the fastest growing brand in the, in the cabin and RV sector in Western Canada currently. So I, the viewers, the, some of the listeners won't see it, but um, there's three beautiful pictures in front of me now. So these are actual land that you've purchased and developed or are these ones that you've actually purchased after developed? Like how does it work? We do uh, all, all of the above. The top picture, if you can see it, is a very old, over 60-year-old White Lake fishing retreat in the Shushwaps, part of the North Okanagan. And it's got a 50-boat slip marina on it. And, and it's a small RV and cabin resort, one of the top three fishing lakes in British Columbia. And so that one didn't have development. We bought that one for cash flow, had very strong 
uh, cash flow and just a very nice uh, kind of a legacy asset um, where it's not so easy to get uh, permits to do uh, development uh, that close to the water or to have a marina or in this case we also have a gas station and, and a boat launch on the lake so uh, when we see opportunities and assets like that on a beautiful pristine lake we like to get on those but no development is currently happening on that property and then when you look at the one below that's Kokanee Springs so that's in the Kootenays that's Crawford Bay which is one of the bays on the big Kootenay Lake and and again it was well over 50 years old. It was a golf resort. And in talking with the, a group of the prior owners that had owned it for the last 30 years, they actually approached us and said, we think the Pinnacle Lifestyles uh, rolling out what you do with your cabins and RVs would really add a lot of value to the, the Kokanee Springs uh, Resort. So it has a lodge of 62 rooms. It has uh, you know, a restaurant and it has some villas on it and then staff accommodation and then just a really beautiful 18 hole uh, golf course as you can you know see in the picture it's, it's one of the nicest courses i've ever stepped foot on and we have 432 acres there so there's a lot of room for development so for us we probably have about eight years of developing extra amenities to make it a you know a full resort for families and people that like golf and that don't like golf and and then putting on about 300 rb and cabin lots of which we have now 72 lots on there and we're going to continue to develop in the years to come and then the bottom's just a uh, part of uh, the uh, property we have by Golden. So we got 200 acres untouched. It's just really treed land and we're putting in, people were camping there before, but just dry land camping. So we're putting in full service campground and a glamping section on that property. We, you know, we have other, other pictures kind of on our social media and our website, but it uh, has a Columbia River kind of going around it and the Wait a Bit Creek and then some world-class uh, fishing and fly fishing operates out of that property. And across from it, some of the best uh, sledding and snowmobiling in, in North America. And, uh, and of course, you know, Kicking Horse Mountain Resort for the summer and winter. So mountain biking or skiing. So it's a quite, quite the destination for outdoor, out, out, outgo uh, avid, you know, athletes and uh, people that just want to bird watch and, and just enjoy the mountains. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. So I've been very, I feel like I've been to all those places. I used to work in Fort McMurray at one point in time. Oh. And a lot of our play was actually in, in these areas. I've done the houseboating on Shushuamp mm -hmm. and I've done the golden trips and yeah, this looks really amazing. So I guess my question is when you, you it seems like your company's kind of really has to be diverse to be able to one develop and then the management of these things seems to be, so are you guys special, are you guys doing the management in-house or do you have to hire out or how does the management of, you know, the golf course, the, the 432 acres at the second one there, like, how is that where, is that your company? Like, do you have individuals in your company or do you hire that out or how does that structure? Yeah, no, it becomes quite the operation when you add it all together. We were lucky that we had really good managers at the golf resort because uh, yeah, we have over 70 staff there in, when we're in peak season and uh, we're able to keep most of the staff that uh, the resort had. Our manager been there now for just over a decade. 
And yeah, we keep the managers at the resorts where where they we can and you know where they're working out and they wish to stay. And then of course we recruit and train for those spots we need to fill. But at head office, we operate for all of our campgrounds. We have seven in total. I talked about three, which is in a current fund that we have, but we have seven properties and we do the marketing centralized from a Calgary head office. And we do the counting as well, centralized. And then our human resources and our recruiting is all centralized. And, and then we have a couple other executives that oversee like the operational and training part of it and then development. And then we have another component of the business where it's not just nightly sites or it's also we sell some sites and so you can own a site in the resort and and then when you're not using it we have a management company that'll help rent that out for people that want to you know find income from their development to their property that they purchase so i guess a lot of the listeners here are, are real estate investors and investors in general how are some ways that they can get involved in so i know you have a fund, so would they be investing into a fund? Would that be one? I know that's one way I would assume. You can elaborate on that. And then also uh, purchasing properties of these seven, where can they actually purchase properties within? Can you elaborate more on exactly how does it look like if I'm an investor and I want to invest in one of these places? One, my entry cost. Two, like how does, so you're going to manage it for me. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. For investors, we really just have the one-off. Uh, option that we focus on, and that's investing in the fund that's on the screen, Pinnacle Lifestyles uh, Fund 3 Incorporated. That's an RRSP eligible fund for accredited investors. And our time frame on there is about a, up to an eight year term. So it's a longer fund. Uh, you can you know invest in TFSAs or it's fairly tax efficient if you're investing with cash. And that's where we, uh, we focus on for investors. Now, if you wanted to buy a campsite or RV site, we're really just focusing on that for the, for the owners. But like I said, we we will have a rental management company and and then we rent it out. And we have a, a technology online booking system. So we'll do the booking and the reservation and check people in, have people on site. And of course, if you're renting out an RV or a cabin, you know, we clean those and then, and you know, just do all the marketing to try and keep them busy for those folks. But, but our focus there is for people that want to own and, and have it for at least for a, a good part of personal use as their primary objective. Because if you're looking for an investment, going into a fund three would be the better option for returns. So you mentioned, is it is so somebody looking to go into fund three, it's a longer term investment they would be looking at, you said eight years? Yeah, eight year term. We give liquidity options after four years. And right now we're developing and adding new sites. So we're reinvesting into the property. So there's no cash flow. We're offering some non-taxable stock dividends to reward people who are in early in the fund. But yeah, after four years, we'll have enough sales from RV and cabin sites to start redeeming people that wish to redeem. But the cash flow uh, should look quite attractive by then. Yeah, we wish to hold the property until we've sold about half of the RV and cabin sites in our portfolio. And we intend to keep the other half just for uh, cash flow because that way people can get their money back plus some profits and then have ongoing cash flow. 
not just from the RV and cabin site rentals, but from the management company, from the, the stores. We have stores on site or the restaurant or the green fees or the boat rentals or the marina. So you get a piece of everything when you invest in Fund 3. Everybody's class A common shares. They have the same shares that you know that I bought when when we acquired our first properties, and yeah, you know, that's kind of the, the, the legal structure. We have independent directors on the fund, and and then we have a big investment by you know, myself and, and the other directors, other than our one who's completely independent who you know, isn't able to invest in the fund because he's just there to kind of oversee you know the activities of the fund for investors. Okay, so. What would an investor, so say I invested or I was going to invest, what kind of projections would I be looking at over those eight years or like, that would be my first question. Yeah, I mean, just because we're you know, selling it through a registered dealer, we, we don't really give act, you know, actual percentage rate of returns, but we, we say we have a targeted rate of return of 12 to 16%. And our goal is to, is to return your capital in about four years from today and then get excess distributions for more cabin and RV lot sales. And our goal after we sell all of the RV and cabin sites, like the half of the portfolio is still, you know, a low double digit return, like 10 to 12 percent on an ongoing basis. And of course, the asset values, we, we hope to uh, continue to increase over time. And then when you when we sell the portfolio or uh, someone sells the fund, we there be a cap on top of uh, distributions we've sent out. So then for what about barrier to entry? How much would it cost? What would be the initial? Is there a minimum? Yeah. We, uh, is there a maximum? We, yeah, we've, we've set the minimum of $25,000 and we're currently raising up to $8 million for, which is the development of our golden uh, campground, putting in the, the services, roads and you know septic and electrical. That would be our maximum for 2024 is a $8 million raise. Amen, race. Mm-hmm. And then is there, for the gold and like you're splitting in those roads, is it, are you guys managing construction? Are you tendering the package out? Or do you have like, how do you, how does that work in terms of developing um, such a thing like the septics and the roads? Yeah, we work, we work with, the, we have an in-house planner and we have an external planner. And then, so we do all of the engineering, all the studies where there's environmental uh, steep creek studies and so geotech. And then, and then we do tender for the construction of the roads. And so that, that part all gets usually to local companies that, that focus on that. So we have people bidding for doing the roads and then doing the septic system and the water treatment facility. And then, so if I'm, I'm an investor. What kind of details or, or and frequency do you provide on a normal basis? And then on, a, I guess, on a project like that, what kind of visibility do they get for, say, the development of the Golden Project? Yeah, well, we encourage people to come actually check out all of our properties. We provide a concierge level service for people who want to come do a, a tour of, of, you know, one, two or up to seven of our, our properties. And then we report semi-annually to our investors where we give them updates on the construction, on the bookings, the revenues. And then uh, we do an annual general meeting as well and provide uh, our, our financial statements to all investors and then uh, allow them to uh, vote on any anything if there's any uh, kind of uh, changes or things to vote on. So yeah, we communicate a fair bit with our investors and I encourage them to be involved with the development and share their ideas as well. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool that you can invest in something and you can actually go touch it. Yeah. In seven different places and expanding. And I, I personally want to go something that my wife might, is kind of listening. 
yeah, I personally want to go see these places. You can just buy these pictures, you know, I, I've experienced it and it looks really amazing for you to have seven different ones. is really cool. Do you have, excuse me, do you have some kind of package? Say if I were just like for somebody just going to visit before they were going to invest. Yeah. Like how would you, how would I go about saying, okay, I want to go visit some of these places. I'm thinking about investing is that something that you, can I go and stay at these places or how does that look? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we have a full, a detailed term sheet with all the terms of the offering. It includes a USA. So there's unanimous shareholder agreement uh, with all the investor uh, rights in there. But it has a lot of detail about how the investment works. And then if you go onto our website at pinnaclelifestyles.ca, then you can see the resorts. And from there, each of them have their own web page as well. And you can click on the different resorts. And then we would communicate where you want to go, when you want to go and set up some, some stays. So we do provide a, a discount to our people that are interested in investing. And they're just going on a tour to learn what's on the property and meet the managers and, and see how the operation works. Really cool. Is there anything, what else should we be touching on here for thinking about the audience as an investor what else should an investor be considering or know about this investment? Yeah, since most of the listeners here are pretty real estate investors, I think just something to consider is diversifying into a different sector. I mean, you know, you know, uh, a lot of people live in apartment buildings, about a third of Canadian households live in apartments. And so we invest in REITs and, you know, it's a really good asset class uh, that's uh, being driven up by uh, you know immigration and population growth and then camping similar is so almost a third of Canadians go camping on a regular basis and it's a fast growing sector there's been uh, record RV sales over the last five years. And so one of the reasons we choose British Columbia is because of how many RVs there are compared to how many RV sites there are to go plug them in. So if you want to do this on your own and you're investing, just look at the stats, do your research on the marketplace. In British Columbia, there's 20 RVs for every full service hookup there is to plug an RV into. And so, you know, the supply and demand there is a little bit out of balance, more so than anywhere else we've been able to find. So for example, in Ontario, you would have about six RVs for every full service hookup. In Quebec, you'd have about seven RVs for every full service hookup. In, in Alberta, there's about 19 RVs. And, you know, Alberta is a very strong market and then BC is the strongest market that, that we have seen. Yeah, I would say uh, do your homework and research and, and make sure you're, you're, you're investing in, uh, in places that will do well kind of in all environments and really stand the test of time, and we, which is why we focus, you know, in the mountains, in the Rocky Mountains, people aren't going to get bored of that, right? If you look at yeah. you know, lakefront or, you know, somewhere where you can do outdoor activities and focus on places where nature's your amenity. Of course, we add lots of different amenities for conveniences, but when people come to your resort because of the, the trails or the fishing or the lake, uh, you know, those amenities will always be there and they don't cost you a lot. So if you look at longevity from an investment standpoint, you got to make sure uh, you, you got enough cash flow coming in to always make it attractive and, and keep your amenities looking good. So you said five years, you've seen the uptick. Like, so before COVID, I'm assuming you're already on the up. And then how did COVID, I guess, impact, impact the business and the fund? Yeah. There was a couple different ways. One is people were cooped up for a long time, as you know, and they're like, they just wanted to get out and go do something. And they felt safe being outside. They felt safe being camping. And the demand did shoot up, although 
our research shows that it was shooting up really for a decade prior to that. The growth in the sector was very strong. But then we had a bit of a slowdown on a few properties that we had recently purchased because British Columbia government wouldn't allow you to travel in between. You had three different regions in British Columbia you could travel to. And there was a lot of restrictions on travel for a couple of months. And then they, they released that. And then, and then, of course, we saw record numbers in the amount of rentals that we've had. And, and the numbers have held strong. Last summer was a little bit kind of slowed down from the peak of the summer before, but probably stronger than any other year in history for the sites that we have anyways. And so we do see it as a continual trend. The rates for camping are, uh, are going up significantly and, and we treat it kind of like you would in a hotel where you get to 70 75% occupancy and then the rates start to go up. And when you're, you know, 90% occupancy, you're paying more of a, a much more of a premium. So you can be at, you know, $79 a site and then July long weekend, it might be $119 for an RV site. But yeah, people are used to paying a little bit more now for some of the nicer resorts. And do you see the, what about climate? Is climate changed over is climate changes being an impact at all in, in terms of extending seasons or shortening seasons or anything like that to note, I guess, in your in kind of the business? Yeah, I mean, extreme weather patterns could uh, have basically unforeseen changes to the amount of nights that we can book, right, for rentals. And so when there's fires, uh, like last summer, there was about a week where a lot of our customers wanted to, to go home or, or, or get away from smoke and then and we would give them credits to come back at a different time. You know, that was probably the worst fire year. And so uh, we were lucky that nothing uh, really impacted us other than, uh, you know, I think about five or six days of, of kind of heavier smoke and, and some other days of lighter smoke. Uh, a lot of people choose to stay because uh, when that happened, there was smoke almost everywhere. They could go home and it would be the same. But yeah, that's uh, climate change is a potential uh, risk for sure. Uh, longer season, so is becoming popular in camping, especially people like the ski bums. They like to, or the or the sledders. They like to come out for weekends uh, and use uh, campsites, stay in an RV because they're spending all their time outside, anyways. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, just just uh, cabin rentals do well in that time. So we're building kind of to suit wherever the demand is. We put in the services, and it's similar for a, a cabin or an RV site just different sizes of uh, lots. And so we try and cater to, to, to where the demand is. Another thing, so, go ahead. another thing to note was last Friday was when Parks Canada opened up for their campsites and it was 8 a.m. Mountain Time in Alberta when it released. And so we had our head office trying to book and see where we can book because it's, it is such a challenge, like I was saying, especially if you're looking to book around in the Rocky Mountains. If you were on there and all ready to go prior to it opening, on average, you still had about 19 to 20,000 people in line ahead of you. We had one of our guys lower than that and most of our people over that. And a lot of people just weren't able to book the sites that they wanted to book with Parks Canada. And so the reason that people go there is because they have, you know, Banff National Park or Jasper National Park, some of the ones that you might want to get into the most, but it's become almost like a lottery where, you know, you feel you really won something big if you actually get to go to uh, one of those national parks that you want to go to because uh, most people just won't be able to get a fully serviced site in, in one of the national parks, even if you're even if you're on there in that first minute. But now they'd be booked up a few days later. That drives traffic to the private campgrounds after that. And of course, people have to be paying a, you know, a higher rate because the, the government wants through Parks Canada are subsidized you know, through tax dollars. Makes sense, totally. So I feel like 
So you have lodges, I guess, on these sites. But what if I were, do you have any partnerships in terms of if I were coming there from Ontario, I wanted to rent an RV? Do you have any kind of discounts or partnerships you have with anybody, any kind of RV rental places that could come to your sites or anything like that? We are working on some. We don't really have anything formally launched, but there's a couple of RV sellers that we allow their their people to buy an RV to come with a discount, come try one of our resorts just so that they get exposure to a Pinnacle Lifestyles resort. And we're, there's some that do RV tours and, and they rent out, you know, motor homes and they have groups doing tours. And so we're starting to work on planning some tours so they can stop at multiple lifestyle properties. That's really cool. Yeah. So I had friends who did that last year. There was three families. They rented different RVs and then they just traveled actually from Calgary all the way up through Banff, Lake Louise, Golden area. So I just thought I'd ask that question for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds something cool. Like I, I'm interested in doing that. Yeah. It creates memories. A lot of fun to do with you know, family and friends and get out and enjoy some of the, the beautiful summer weather that we have in the mountains. Yeah, for sure. I think it's something that, so do you notice that you, your repeat business, do you track kind of your repeat business of people coming back year over year? I'm sure that there must be people who just fell in love with some of these sites. Repeat business must be something that you're doing well on. Yeah, we're really uh, focusing on the rebooking now. Last summer, we just started a rebook campaign where we, we allow people to continue to have their same site for the next year if they want to book it uh, before they leave or we give them five days after to book their site. And so uh, a lot of people, a lot of the sites we have, especially in our smaller campgrounds, like the one I showed you at White Lake, uh, a lot of those people are seasonal since most of White Lake is already full from the same people that were there last summer. You're right. Lots of people just want to lock in their site. If they fall in love with the place, they want to know that they can have it, you know, for the years to come. And people are worried about losing it. You know, if they don't rebook it and somebody else gets it, it might be where they get back in. Yeah, repeat this. And so trying to understand your clientele even more, are these, do you find that a lot of your sites are booked for the whole like season? Is this, is it common for the whole season to be booked? But yeah. By, by, so the White Lake example, which is the top picture, if people can see it, is that we have about, I think it's 38 seasonal sites, and those are booked for the whole season by the same people. And then we have some sites and some small cabins that are nightly. And, and so it depends on our resort. So we're doing a combination of, like I said, ownership, if people want to buy, seasonals, and then we do uh, week, weekly or nightly. And so we have a, a big mix, mixture of it. Some people want to go to different places all the time. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a lifestyle choice that, that they make and they want to go have different experiences. And so we want to keep that availability at all of our resorts just so uh, people can, can go around. And we were thinking of doing a, a membership uh, program. So that would allow people to get in first if they have a membership. And so we'll give them opportunities to go site to site. Because if you don't have your own site and you want a predictability that, no, you can book, you know, in July and August when it's hard to get in, we want to offer that to our members. That's really cool. And then do you have, do, do people who own those sites, do they, is there any like Airbnb stuff or how are they booking owners who may not be staying there? Do they have any way, I think you mentioned it earlier about you might manage something for bookings or how does that work? Yeah, we have a management company, so we take care of all of that. And we choose to do it uh, internally because it's within our resort and so our brand's attached to it. Whereas 
if it's a, you know Airbnb, then we lose a little bit of control over the standard, right? We want to, I mean, we're managing it. We're doing the check-ins. We're providing, you know, a standard. If you have a cabin or an RV, we want to have consistency in, in the linens and the plates and the pillows, right? Just to have a consistent level of experience. When people rent from one site, then they go to another Pinnacle Lifestyles resort. We want to have that same level uh, of experience. So we handle all that internally. So then the main thing is, is if you are an investor, you own one of these sites and you're not going to be there, you can still make some cash flow when you're not there and just allowing you to manage it. That was the main point I think I wanted to emphasize. Exactly. That's right. Cool. So I guess we're getting close to wrapping up, but so Pinnacle Lifestyles Family Resort. So how long have you been around? Yeah. How long have you been around? I forgot. We just opened our first campground. Uh, we purchased it at the end, end, end of 2019. So 2020 was our first operational season. And like I said, buying existing campgrounds. And so, yeah, we're, we're going on to year four now. And Year four and seven sites going on to eight. Yeah, we're focused on, on developing like the two, the Golden and the Kokanee Springs. We got 700 lots of potential just on those two properties to develop. And between marketing and sales and then building a membership program, that's really going to be our focus here for, for the next couple of years. And then how many total acres? I know that you said the 432, I remember. How many total acres do you guys uh, own? It's about... More or less. Yeah, it's about <laughs> 930 acres in total between the seven properties. That's pretty impressive in four years. Yeah, it's very impressive. So you're averaging, you know, you're growing very fast. So four... Four years, seven properties, 930 acres. So I guess what does the future look like for Pinnacle? I know that you said you're developing the, you know, the two that you had mentioned. You're getting the membership program. What does the next, say, five years look like on top of that for Pinnacle Lifestyles? Yeah, the, the, we take it day by day. We're focused on, like I said, the assets that we have today. We've had a lot of interested campground owners come to us and say, hey, would we look at purchasing their property or partnering with them? We're not, we're not making any kind of commitment for more acquisitions or growth right now because we do have, we, we see more opportunity to build campgrounds within the property that we have, right? Which is really phase two, phase three, phase four, then acquiring others. But I do believe at some point in the next uh, few years, we'll look at growing again. And uh, once we get these ones really, really operating the way we want to see, we'll be looking at, at some other destinations and expanding the portfolio. It's really cool. So I guess my last question is, if I'm an investor, I've just listened to this, Where's the best place? I know you've mentioned the website. Where's the best place? What's the best place to uh, get in contact and get more information? Yeah, pinnaclelifestyles.ca. Uh, and you can go to each of the, the sites from there. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well. So you can get a bunch of uh, great pictures of the resorts and see what they're like on each site. And, and then I can provide my contact information and, and leave it here as well. Perfect. So we will... We'll put the in the description of the video, which will go on the YouTube. We'll have it. Your just your contact information there for sure. And if you're listening, you can also go on to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show on YouTube, and also you know get the contact there. But I think going to the website's the easiest. But Darvin, I would really appreciate you. I really appreciate you joining. Is there anything else you want to close with? Because well, I'll leave it to you. Thanks, Paul. It was a yeah, it was a pleasure to be invited on to. The, 
you know, the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show and get to, get to talk to your audience. And yeah, I'd be happy to talk to more people and invite people to learn more about investing in a different sector. Yeah, it's really cool. I know a lot of real estate investors and I mean, depending where you're at, you're going to have to diversify and it's pretty cool today. You know, we get into real estate investing for lifestyle and this is a great investment into like, in terms of something that is growing rapidly, but also the lifestyle aspect of it is something that really intrigues me because I can imagine myself at these three pictures that I'm looking at right now and it would be really cool that it's an investment that I'm going to and turning that into a write-off of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. Thank you yeah, for joining and thank you for listening. Until the next time, next episode, cheers. All right, thanks everyone. Bye-bye.